0: When we stand in front of the building and you look that way, you'll see the house I was raised in on Poplar Street, just very close. And I have a very special feeling about being here because there was a time in the church that I pioneered, which is now called International House of Prayer, when we were gathered for prayer at the altar. At that time, the sanctuary was square, and we had a corner platform, and we were having communion. And I knelt, as it were, just at the front row, and as I'm kneeling there, I have the communion in my hand. And I said to the Lord, I would like to give myself for you, the way Jesus did. And in a flash, it came back, you will. And in a foreign country. You'd think I'd never set foot in a foreign country after that, but when God calls you, you go. That church, Grace and Peace Fellowship, had some great days. After I left, a lot of the people were mad at me. But again, I'm following the Lord. And it went through some difficult times, but now Pastor Gary De Pasquale is there, and the church has turned around, and it's wonderful. It's such a joy to me to come home to see it. You know, many missionaries work for Four years, and then they come home for one year. If I was here for one year, I don't know what I would do with myself for a whole year. This is not where I want to be. I want to be doing my work there in the Philippines. So we only come home for three months every other year. And God makes that adequate. There are times when we'd like to have a little more New Jersey pizza <laughs> than we had. But it's just wonderful to see the hand of God. One of the ways we minister is through these boxes. This, you can learn a Filipino word now. This box is a balak bayan box. A balak bayan is someone who's returning home. And this box is going home. And it, it is not about weight. It's about size. Anything we can fit in there, will ship out for $65. And I assure you, we ship a lot. There was one year that we gathered 177 computers and shipped them out in a 40-foot container. It was another year. We gathered 28 overhead projectors and shipped them out. Keyboards, bass guitars, typewriters. These are the kind of things that we gather. And of course, we have to pack it. And so we pack it in clothes, and then it serves double duty. We can put the clothes where they're needed most. Now, you need to understand the Philippines is snow picnic. 19.5 typhoons hit the Philippines every year. Now, you, you heard about the, the very difficult hurricanes that we've had here recently. But imagine 19.5. And they have also tsunamis. And they have earthquakes, and if that's not enough, they have volcanoes, <laughs> so it's a, it's a place where you never know. I recall times sitting at our uh, dinner table, and suddenly it seems that the light is moving, it's going across the, uh, the field, the, the, the table, kind of shocking, but thank God we've never been hurt, and we have never suffered a flood. Now, when I say we, I mean my family. But, of course, many floods, even uh, tsunamis, hit the Philippines. It actually has the highest per capita natural disasters of any country in the world. Now, some people think the Philippines is one palm tree on one island in the Caribbean. Wrong. (laughs) It is 7,100 islands. Imagine, 7,100. And it's hot. I'm hot all the time. But it snows, too, in the Philippines. It's not enough. And the snow, however, thank God, never sticks. It melts before it gets to amount to anything. Filipinos are lovely people and they are coming to Christ in, in great numbers. We are now about one in 10 born-again Christians in the Philippines. Amen. <laughs> Give God the glory we're grateful for that. This is uh, the directory of Kingsway Fellowship. One of those flags there is for the Philippines. And if you see the blue page, see blue pages? That's all Filipino pastors. Right now, there's about 900 who we are serving. Some people ask me, Pastor, where's your congregation? I said, well, it's on 7,100 islands. I haven't been on all of them yet, but it's our goal to serve. Our motto is servants serving servants. And uh, we're, we're blessed with the joy of helping pastors. Now, I don't speak the local language, but the, the people have two languages, English and Tagalog but the truth is they have 153 languages I'm not about to try to learn all those but thank God my staff my pastors who sign on and become a part of Kingsway Fellowship they're in all of the languages and so as we work with them edifying them putting on conferences providing for them in lots of different ways. This is how we get the word out, even though I don't speak the language. Now, I'd like to spend a little time, uh, not too much, um, and before I do it, I'm gonna say, looking at the scriptures, um, I wanna say, wow! Just plain wow, there's a church in the Bronx, Filipino church. I think the pastor's favorite word is wow. And when, when I come in here and I see what you have built, and I see how you are maintaining it and what you're doing. You know, after I heard the second speaker, I said, what do they need me for? Why am I here? But uh, thank God I'm glad to have the opportunity. After all, I helped to pray you into existence. (laughs) You see, when I knelt at that altar that day, I received a missionary call to Nigeria, but I never made it to Nigeria. I walked around for about two years feeling that God's gonna call me any day now to Nigeria. But I was working on my doctorate at Luther Rice Seminary, and I get a letter from Luther Rice. I didn't open it, because I thought I owed them money. (laughs) I thought they were gonna try to get me, you know? So I just threw it alongside my, uh, it's on my bed table, And it laid there for about, I guess, three weeks. Finally, one Sunday afternoon, I came under conviction, and I opened the letter. And it was an invitation to go to the Philippines. Now, I've had invitations to serve in many places. I've served in Brazil. I've served in Argentina, in Jamaica, and here and there. But... When I got this invitation to the Philippines, again, I said, well, because I heard God calling me, so much so that I went to the top of the stairs in my house, and I said, we're going to the Philippines, (laughs) at which time my teenage daughter let out such a howl, she wasn't happy with that idea, but anyway, she got through it. And we, we just bless God for that. But I, so I feel like when, when I'm coming to my old uh, hometown neighborhood here, and uh, in fact, even Ninth Avenue and uh, Spruce Street is well known to me. I used to drive a small uh, Honda station wagon, but it was destroyed on that corner. <laughs> Somebody came out of the side street, and hit me a long time ago. But it just seems like I should be here with you. And uh, we praise God for that. Let's, let's look into the scriptures for a season. I just want to review some of the biblical basis of missions. Now, I'm having a little trouble with my notes here, but you just be patient. You just look alongside of you at somebody and smile at them, okay? While you're smiling, I'll find my, uh, my notes, I hope. Oh, thank you. Are you going to bring the coffee too? That's good. That's better. I sense a real uh, spirit of service in this congregation. And I think that's just a wonderful thing. Praise God for that. Yes. Amen. And what a handsome pastor you have. (laughs) With a beautiful wife. Okay. Now... I'm still not finding the page I want. How annoying. I know it's here somewhere. What I want you to do is go with me to the book of Genesis. And we're going to look at chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. When I say 3, that doesn't sound right. But let's look and see what we find there. I started life 73 years ago, and uh, God's kept me to this hour, and uh, one thing I'd like to show you is my son, but he's in Colombia, making a trip there at this time. Okay, Genesis chapter 12, I'm finally where I want to be. Genesis chapter 12. Verse 3, in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. And then the scripture that was read to us earlier, Psalm 2, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. This is the promise of God. This is the promise to Abraham. All the nations will be blessed. Who's going to bless them? Excuse me? Us. I like that, us. And then Matthew 28, if you want to go there. 18 to 20. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age what is it that Jesus commanded the people to do hello make disciples not converts disciples what is a disciple I hear many times disciple is defined as a follower of Jesus but that's not true it's a follower alright but a follower of Jesus teaching it's clear here if you take the time to look at it he says teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. John 1.12, you know this by heart, I'm sure. To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God is not automatic. Recently when the new Pope was inaugurated, He referred to the newsmen as all children of God. I wanted to say to him, not so. According to the word of God, you must have the right to receive Christ. And those who receive him have that right. I received Christ about five times. Before it took. <laughs> but you know, my real name is Dennis. I go by Alan. That's my middle name. But I'm afraid I was a Dennis the Menace, <laughs> growing up. And uh, I was in a Bible club when I was in second grade that met down here on Second Avenue. And the woman who, who led that Bible club, named Gertrude Phillips. She liked to go around saying for many years, of all the children that I taught in Bible Club, Dennis Miller was the least likely to do anything. Never mind become a pastor and a missionary. But I had the last word on Gertrude. Amen. Let me tell you what happened. She died. And I went to the funeral. And the pastor came up when he saw me in the back row and he said, "Uh, how come you're here? He didn't know of my long time connection to Gertrude. And so I was given literally the last word. They gave me the mic. They let me get up there and say the last word about Gertrude. Praise the Lord for her influence in my life. And then in 1957, I saw Billy Graham crusade out of... uh, Yankee Stadium, and right there in my living room on Poplar Street, I invited Jesus into my life. My family wasn't too fond of my monopolizing the television for that purpose, but then also for years, every Sunday morning, I'd get up at six o'clock in the morning, I'd watch Oral Roberts. Any of you ever do that? Watch Oral Roberts? What a blessing he was, and how wonderful God used him over the years. So I didn't have much choice but to become a Pentecostal with all the input that I had on the spirit-filled life from that man. Those who do this kind of research say that in any church family, there are about 10% who are evangelists. Now, don't put your hand up, but that means you. 10% of you, 1 in 10, has been gifted by the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been gifted, Paul says to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. You know, sometimes... We may may not have matured to that point, we may not actually be equipped, but we do the work anyway, because the work needs to get done. Hello? You believe that? Yes. And so Timothy was told, do the work, even if you're not called, do the work. I'm sure some of you don't feel called to children's ministry. You don't need to clap for that, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, you do that. I remember when I was like five years old in the Sunday school, just in the church down at Sheridan Avenue. There was this woman, Mrs. Barr, and whenever time she'd get anywhere near me, I could feel the Holy Spirit. I didn't go down under the power or fall off the chair, but I was close to it. This is a woman who knew God. I remember saying to her, five years old, words, 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 Mrs. Barr. But what do they all mean? (laughs) Poor woman who had me as a student. But you know, I sensed God early on, and I followed him, do the work of an evangelist, Then we want to go to this word. Every Christian should do their part in reaching the world for Christ. By going and giving and praying. Now you're never, all of you going to go to the mission field. It would be a disaster if you did. (laughs) You don't belong there. But I said everyone, deliberately, everyone has a part to play. And if you can't go, you can give. If you can't give, you can pray. Very simple sermon outline. But it sums up what we all need to get into our spirit. Going to make disciples. Evangelizing to plant churches. Not just converts. And there are so many forms of evangelism. I just met a guy over at uh, IHOP recently who came up and told me that he had just retired. I led him to the Lord when he was a student at King College. and Now he's retiring. Not me. I'm still going on. As long as the Lord gives me the strength, we will keep on keeping on. As long as I can stand up and speak up, I will keep up. Yeah. devil doesn't want that. But God blesses us. Just recently we celebrated the 40th anniversary of our ministry. 40 years. Oh, yes. Glory to God. And in the middle of it, When we were overwhelmed with people. I mean, here we are believing God for 250 people to come. And 370 showed up. My poor wife was in charge of putting the people in their rooms. I don't know what a challenge that was for her. But the the bishop of Kingsway Fellowship came up to me and he said, You know what this is all about? This is all about the love you have showed for 20 years. This is about the ways in which you have ministered to the Filipinos. And now they're coming, almost too many of them. But God blessed us, and we had a wonderful convention. We praise the Lord for that. So we're seeing fruit for our labors. One of the things I'm concerned about is your training. I've seen your magazine. I've talked with your pastor about it. And it seems like it's not geared to train you for missionary service. And I want to recommend a school to you. It's called International House, not house, (laughs) that's a restaurant. International uh, (laughs) School of Ministry. International School of Ministry. My wife in the last three years has started several Bible schools and she teaches in all four of them. And she uses the ISOM curriculum. This curriculum is all on video and the role that the teacher plays is as a facilitator the video is shown. Well, who's that handsome guy? <laughs> anyway, the video is shown. And then the students are given manuals. They fill in the blank. They have tests. My son has earned an Associate of Arts degree doing that. And by the way, you pray for my son. He announced to us, he's 20 years old, just a few weeks ago, that... He's not coming back to the Philippines with us. He's staying here in Jersey. Well, at least he has good, good taste in states, but um, he's looking for work here. Meanwhile, he went to Columbia to visit his girlfriend, and he'll be back next week, Lord willing. And so you pray for him. He's filled with the spirit, he's gentle, he's a powerful teacher, he loves the word, and. He's won several to Christ. Part of his burden is that some of my family is here in, uh, in Raleway, and he wants to win them to the Lord. So pray for him. His name is Lonnie. Lonnie, I would appreciate that. You can help me. I don't like to go home. My wife and I are suffering empty nest syndrome. We're not happy about this, but It's time for him to go. It's time for him to do what God wants him to do with his life. So you pray that he will not be dissuaded from the will of God, but that he will fulfill the will of God. Going, you go into another culture. There was a man, an executive in Shell Oil. He went to Ecuador to work. He was a born-again Christian. He spent more time winning people to Christ than he did doing Shell. Don't tell anybody. But he was a powerful missionary, even though he was making his living from an oil company. There may be somebody here like that. You could take what it is you do, and you could do it somewhere else and help the body of Christ while you're doing it. Maybe here you're making good money driving a nice car, living in a suburban, lovely house, but never mind that. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Giving. Go. Give, pray. It costs money to reach the world. Did I hear one of the little guys yell money? (laughs) He's not dumb. Brings me to the story that I've heard of, of a problem that a man had with his son. He cost him so much money. All the things he wanted, all the toys. Thank God we didn't have to go to Toys R Us this year. My son has passed that finally. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) But there was a day when that young son died young. And when the son passed, all the expenses stopped. No more costs, no more toys, no more games, no more Nintendo. That's how it is when you have a child. It's expensive, but when the child passes, you don't have those expenses anymore. I want to challenge you, what about you? What about the church? Do you ever complain? I used to hear people when I was growing up in Roselle, they would say things like, well, I'm not going to worry about overseas. We got to take care of here at home first. Show that to me in the Bible. Jesus clearly states, you need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he promised to be with us. It costs money to reach the world. What does it cost? Travel, rent, a vehicle, ministry equipment, communication, printing, postage. Raising a child is expensive. You want to plant a church? You have to grow the church. I'm shocked when I look around here. What a beautiful church. Snuck it in right here on Roselle, my street. Around the corner from where I was raised. I remember Lincoln, Lincoln, uh, Tool and Dye that was here before. I'm familiar with this area. But hallelujah, God has redeemed it. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen? Yes. I want to suggest to the missions committee that you institute a faith promise pledge. In fact, you could start it today. You could use that section on your bulletin where you have a place to put your name and so on. If you will respond and make a pledge for the coming year, you can write it down there. Now, nobody will call you. Nobody will ask you to give that money but it's a goal. It gives the missions committee something to work with. They can tally up those promises, start to begin to keep track on them, and there will be money to do the job. Faith Promise Pledge. I brought something with me today. 30 Ways To pray for missionaries. Can you imagine? 30 ways. I got this off the internet. And I'm going to leave the original with the pastor. I hope we'll put a copy in every Sunday bulletin next week. So that you'll be able to use this. To guide you in your prayer. Also I brought with me the International School of Ministry. Curriculum. And I'll leave this. It would be a way to train right here in the church prospective missionaries. Now I was told there's a, a, a timer going on here. It's now 7 o'clock. 6.59. That, that, uh, I don't know quite what that means. I don't understand that. I, I was in a church in the Philippines where they had Four clocks, and none of them were working. So I just chose the one that had the most time, and I worked from that. I'm sorry? That's my timer. Does that mean I have six minutes and 21? Uh Uh-oh. You know, sometimes, or very often, people come up to me in the Philippines and they say, Brother Miller, you must really love the Philippines. You've been here such a long time. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I don't love the Philippines. I don't, I don't love the, the culture. I don't love the um, <clears throat> cockroaches. I don't love the mosquitoes. I don't love the rats. I don't love the snakes. I don't love the heat. I don't love the roads don't like it at all. And they say to me, Brother Miller, why why do you keep working here if you don't like it? And my answer is this. Life is not about mosquitoes and cockroaches and lousy roads and heat and all that stuff. Life is about finding and following the will of God for your life. You don't always like it. I'm going to ask my wife to bring that little special thing up here that's in the bag and set it over here if you would, please. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. Now notice the color of the sea, you see it? What color is the ocean? Purple. I looked long and hard for a purple ocean because I want you to feel at home. I want you to respond. But before that, I want to read you The Judgment Day by James Weldon Johnson. In that great day, people, in that great day, God's are going to rain down fire. God's are going to sit in the middle of the air to judge the quick And the dead. Early one of these mornings. God's going to call for Gabriel. That tall bright angel Gabriel. And God's going to say to him. Gabriel. Blow your silver trumpet. And wake the living nations. Then God's going to say to him. Gabriel. Once more blow your silver trumpet. And wake the nations underground. And Gabriel is going to ask him, Lord, how loud must I blow it? And God's going to tell him, Gabriel, make seven, like seven peals of thunder. Then that tall, bright angel, Gabriel, will put one foot on the battlements of heaven and the other on the steps of hell and blow that silver trumpet till he shakes old hell's foundations. And I feel old earth a-shuddering. And I see the graves are bursting. Where are you? <laughs> and uh, they will come forth with silver slippers on their feet and harps within their hands. And two by two they'll walk up and down the golden street, feasting on the milk and honey. Singing new songs of Zion. Chattering with the angels all around the great white throne. That's to them on the right. To them on the left. God's going to say depart from me. Into everlasting darkness. Down into the bottomless pit. And the wicked. Like lumps of lead. Will start to fall. Headlong. Headlong. For seven days and nights they'll fall, plumb into the big, black, red, hot mouth of hell, belching out fire and brimstone. And their cries, like howling, yelping dogs, will go up with the fire and the smoke from hell. But God will stop his ears. Too late! Too late! Goodbye, sinner, goodbye! In hell, sinner, in hell. Beyond the reach of the love of God. And I hear a voice crying. Crying. Time shall be no more. Time shall be no more. And the sun shall go out like a candle in the wind. And the stars will fall like sinners. And the sea will burn like tar and the earth shall melt away and be dissolved and the sky will roll up like a scroll and with a wave of his hand God will blot out time and start the wheel of eternity sinner oh sinner where will you stand in that great day when gods are going to rain down fire. I put this globe here as a point of contact. What I'm looking for today is not ability. God can make you able. What I'm looking for is availability are you available today are you available to go if you are available I want you to get up out of your seat I want you to come here and touch the globe if you are available now that doesn't mean That after the service, the buses will load up at the back (laughs) to take you. But you will have done something sacred. You will have declared for all to see that you're willing to go. You're willing to fulfill the Great Commission. How shall they go? Romans says, unless they are sent. If you're a sender or a goer or a prayer, I want you to come down here and touch this globe. Now, what if there's too many people, Pastor? No problem. We'll let you touch the person who's touching and touch, 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 touch. So if you're willing to go, if you're available Come on down. Come on down. I didn't say bring your wallet. I said come on down. <laughs> come on down. Show that you're willing. You're available to God. It's availability, not ability. Let's surround this this purple globe. Don't go away. You stay here. You stay here, up here. Because more are coming. Now, this is not the first time I've done this. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Many places where I've done this, the whole congregation came up. Everybody in the room filled this place. Amen. Amen. Are you available? Sinner. Oh sinner, where will you stand in that great day? Gods are going to rain down fire. Are you firemen and women? You're going to stop that fire? Some of you may not be able to go. But you can share your faith. You can witness. You can go to Jesus Books and Gifts and and buy a flock of of, uh, four spiritual laws and hand them out to people. Since I first learned of the four spiritual laws, I must have given out a thousand of those over the years. What's the matter with this gang over here? Where are you? I'm not asking you to go, I'm asking you to declare your availability. Uh oh, says zero up there. <laughs> but I'm gonna take authority as a bishop and I am going to say that we will continue for another minute, give you a chance to come and display for heaven and earth And all the angels to see that you are willing if God should call you. Now I want to tell you this. This is probably counterproductive. But when this kind of thing is done all over the world, only one out of 50 ever actually goes. Only one. That's terrible! I didn't hear many amens, but thank God for that (laughs) guy. Another minute. I'm probably not going to ever get to speak here again. And if I leave it go longer, I know I'll never get to speak here again. But you're just saying, I'm willing. If God should call me, I'm willing. I'm willing. Can you say it with me? I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. We can hear the, the angels shaking in their boots at the thought of being caught ministering death. Some are ministering life. Some are ministering death. How about you? When I graduated from Abe's over here, I had a yearbook. In every place where there was somebody who was witnessed to by me, there was my name. Everybody who was a member of the Bible Club, SOS, Savior of Souls, there was SOS. What about you? Have you declared your availability in the high school? I used to carry a briefcase. I was like a nerd, you know. Why did I carry a briefcase? Because I could put bumper stickers on it, for the Lord. I've never stopped, and I never will. I'm not talking about the clock. So let's join hands, this group here. Would you please all join hands and pray. Oh, Father God, thank you for these so many people who have come. And forgive those who are unwilling to say to you that they are available to do your will. Oh, God, every time they see this globe, may they be reminded That you are the prayer, hearing and prayer answering God. And that you can make a difference through their lives. All this high tech around us is wonderful. But people need to be one to the Lord, one by one. Thank you for the mission trips. Thank you for the determination of the mission board to continue this more and more into the future oh hallelujah lord thank you for this time for this simple word and may all of us find ourselves goers givers or prayers for your glory we pray this in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. Thank you. We want to follow up on this. Meaning to say, you get your bulletin, you put your name in there, rip off that little page, and you leave it with me. Come and hand it to me. Because I want to pray for you individually. I'm gonna send you a copy of a little booklet Steps to the mission field, and it'll be up to your missions committee to follow up. Pastor, do you still love me? (laughs) I didn't hear.